1: Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Meara, Democratic pollster with GBA Strategies.
0: And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And
1: each week we bring you the polls driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So welcome to our
0: new digs, Kristen.
1: You weren't here last week.
0: I'm so excited to be here. It's this very cool-looking the room is all white it's got the you know the egg crate wall stuff that kind of reminds me of something you'd encounter in Bowser's dungeon in a Mario level mm-hmm. uh it's very spiky like if Mario yes. touched it he would he would lose a life right uh, it's but, but it's if cool. we touch it we feel relaxed and maybe we can <laughs> pretend there's no news
1: coming in here unless we want it to so which is I a good I feel break. like it's a very I feel like I've had enough room. news already for today, <laughs> honestly.
0: What time is it? 11.51 a.m. and it's we're already overdosed? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yes.
1: Um, so anyway, we are psyched to have our new digs, our new producer in Richard Falwell, which I found out about at a play date in Tacoma Park, which is, it was not the same play date where yeah, I, I love decanted. love your TKPK stories. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the same uh, play date where I decanted a bottle of wine. It was a different one. We were talking about a podcast, you know, Oh how how's your podcast going? <laughs> and she's not even my only Tacoma Park friend with a podcast. <laughs> that's the other. So yeah, we'll bring we'll send them all to Richard. Anyway, so um, we heard you, and now you can hear us, and thank you for the reviews saying you like the new sound. So anyway, top lines enough about us. What's happening out there?
0: Uh, Trump is tweeting, but his job approval is holding steady. But there is danger out there lurking for the GOP, whether it's Michael Cohen's office getting raided, Mueller mania, Pruitt, the resignation of Paul Ryan (laughs) as Speaker of the House. At the end of the cycle, we'll talk about how all of that might affect the GOP in the midterms. We'll also talk about some polling on marchers, those who've been turning out in the streets. Who are they? What do they care about? And will they vote in November? The Harvard Institute of Politics has its semi-annual poll of young people out, which is like Christmas for me. We'll talk a little bit about what it found, as well as some Pew data on multi-generational households. And finally, we'll tell you what we want, what we really, really want. Yes. For our highly <laughs> – we actually have a poll at the end of the show that is methodologically rigorous <laughs> yes. while being fun. Yes. So I love it. But yes. first – the poll of the week is the most admired poll for 2018. Yes. Uh, so this relates. I is this related to the poll we're doing at the end of the show? Like both of them were so. you? Both you gov. I don't know. Do they
1: do like a deep dive offshoot on just the Spice Girls? I'm not sure. I this is oh, spoiler alert. Well, you sang the song. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> so, um, but it, so YouGov has this cool thing, which we'll link to. So it, it, you can look at the world's most admired people, but you can also do a drop down by country. And the reason that I found this was because it was one of it was on an English Twitter account. It's like English YouGov, I think, as opposed to U.S. or something. So uh, the so the cl- the link was, you know, David Attenborough and QE2 are are, uh, you know, the most admired people in the UK, which I found like a soothing, kind of like the padded walls, like a little bit soothing, (laughs) like, oh, this, you know, it's this like lovely alternative universe where David Attenborough is, you know, number one. And I have like an incredible soft spot for David Attenborough every Sunday when I just can't even anymore with like Paw Patrol and all the like dumb garbage shows that like my small children want to watch. I'm Don't like, you say that
0: about Paw Patrol.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. It makes no sense. But like anyway, so, um,
0: so. They're, they're pets, but they're also firefighters and cops. As Beckett says, they're just puppies, no witches. <laughs> they're
1: just puppies. I'm not a witch. <laughs> I'm you. I'm a puppy. <laughs> anyway, but so on Sunday, I'm like, we are watching David Attenborough and for the first Five seconds are like, why is our mom just the most evil mom in the history of the world to make us watch David Ambro? And then, like within five seconds, they're like, "Oh, this is very interesting." So, I love David Ambro. It is required watching. I'm very relieved that he beats all these other people, Nigel Farage. I mean, who is in on the list, but not high anyway. On all the royals, you could want, they're all there. All of them married in, born in, they're all they're all in the list. So. Uh, take a look if you want to just see what a sort of soothing most admired list Well, will I also look
0: like. think the world's most admired list is really interesting because you've got uh, you've got a lot of names that I think a lot of Americans wouldn't really know, but if you're looking at the world, China has a lot more people than we do. Right. And so you know Xi Jinping, Jack Ma, uh Fan Bingbing. I mean some of them are people that American some Americans would know, but you've got a lot of names on this list that I would imagine Jackie
1: Chan is on the list this list for example.
0: Well, I mean obviously. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, uh you know, oh I was very happy as an FC Barcelona fan to see uh Lionel Messi uh on the list of world's most admired at 11, but a little sad that he's just below uh Cristiano Ronaldo on rival Real Madrid. Hmm. Although Ronaldo is beautiful, so, you know, I get it. I get it. Well, why is Ma- Messi why kind of is Michael Michael looks like Levinetti? Why Messi not on this Messi, list? <laughs> Messi is phenomenal, but he also kind of looks like your friend's dorky older brother.
1: All right. I'm going <laughs> like, to I'm gonna right. have to search that later. But I think, I don't know if Michael Avenatti. I guess this is done to probably, not, if you had to do it like in a couple months, would he surge the list or at least, or is that just, you know, for. Of Washington. Maybe I should bring that up at the next Tacoma Park play date. How people feel about Michael Avenatti. Is he on your most admired list for <laughs> discuss? Um, OK, so that's our poll of the week. Take a look if you want to see how people feel around the world. And, you know, the ladies at the top of the list, by the way, are not all like bombshells. They are, you know, Women of stature later in their career, et cetera. So um so it's very cool. Good job, UK. Um okay. Never mind that. Back to the U.S., back to this complete set of like ten different political storms brewing. Yet Trump's favorables have are like improving or not. Trump's job
0: approval is still forty-two percent. Yeah, forty-two percent. I mean, how can this
1: it's it's unbelievable
0: to I, me. I just but I think I think it's just that people's views are baked in. Like, it, it is not as though, Margie, you began the Trump presidency thinking like, I somewhat disapprove of him, right? Like from the beginning, it was like, no, I don't like this guy. And then there are people that from the beginning were like, I like him. I'm ride or die. The yeah. swamp is going to try to eat him alive, but I'm sticking with him. And so that you you saw some movement in the summer when it seemed like a lot of stuff wasn't going to happen. And I really think- they passed tax reform, and those numbers went up, and I don't think that's a but coincidence. But everything else – but
1: here's the thing. Everything else is not going well, you know? So the, there's polling. Should Trump fire Mueller? Even Republicans say no. Mm-hmm. There's, you know – But if
0: he does, will people not vote for him? Like, will it all of a sudden lead to Republicans staying home or voting for Democrats? I am not persuaded of that yet. think it could happen. But I have not seen enough uh, evidence that, like Republicans in Congress, are going to stand up and say no and actually create an intra-party fight if Trump misbehaves on that front. I'm I'm not convinced yet. Yeah, no. I mean, there's <laughs> no evidence of that
1: because Paul Ryan would rather retire than lead that effort. Right. I mean, that's
0: what we've learned. He's today. sticking around until November. He's going to be in Yolo mode. Yolo mode, Paul Ryan. Get hype, Margie! Yellow vote, Paul Ryan! No. It's gonna be so great! I mean, I, you know,
1: first <laughs> of all, I mean, so, Paul Ryan, this was Morning Consul Politico that came out today. H- you know, his favor, his favorables with Republicans, it's like basically two to one fave to unfave. That used to be, this is not like an, I'm old enough to remember joke, I'm actually old enough to remember when politicians had that kind of favorability, like overall with voters, not just with your base. That's what he has with his base, is basically two to one fave, unfave. Um, And the, you know, the like the sadness that I feel, like how it just seems so cowardly for him to rather than try to save the party or save, you know, all of us or. You know, save his own seat or save other Republicans, he decides to retire rather than simply say what we all know to be true that this is a complete disaster, that the Trump presidency is a complete disaster. I mean, he's like an illegal vice of his own making. He's bringing us to the brink of all of like who knows what. You know, everything is completely unstable internationally. There's, you know, corruption. Everywhere there's, I mean, there, there's no end to it. Everywhere you look, it's, it's terrible. I mean, and that we're going to talk about all the enthusiasm it's generated on, on the left. And he's, you know, sold it all for, you know, tax breaks for companies so they could move profits overseas
0: or so bakers can, well, so they Deny could bring money back from overseas. Deny but- people.
1: Deny cakes. You know, to couples. Like that's really. I mean, that's what he sold. Like all of the the whole credibility of the party. And there's no. I don't think cakes know. was
0: high on his list. Well,
1: you see a lot of you know Republicans and you know. while well, Gorsuch is sort of the, the the like. Well, Gorsuch happened, right? Yeah, so I know that's, that's a, I thanks know, that's McConnell. A, I thanks know. McConnell. But <laughs> it's still it's still like you know, we need to get our agenda. The agenda is tax breaks and Gorsuch, right, in terms of accomplishments. And, it, it you know, it's it's no surprise that you're seeing, you know, rep- like Democratic enthusiasm, Republican retirements. There was, I think, a new retirement announced today, like right
0: around the same time that um Dennis Ross, and we're now at 39, which Democrats only had 17 retirements in 2010. So. A lot more Republicans leaving. And if and this, frankly, I think is the biggest way that Paul Ryan stepping down influences the midterms yep. is if all of a sudden more Republicans go, oh, well, he's gone. Well, I'm headed for the exits, too, because defending an open seat is so much harder than protecting an incumbent, especially in a year like this one. Right,
1: right. And so, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's clear that he sees the same things that we all see, right? I mean, we all see that this is, you know, that that the president has, you know, sort of bigfooted in prevented any kind of you know, to the extent we have ever could have had a rational debate about quote unquote the issues, we're not doing we're really not doing that as much. We're just talking about all you know all the different ways that Trump is creating real chaos and and, you know, instability and, and danger for everybody. Um and, you know, it's hurt it's not just hurting all of us, it's hurting the Republican Party and the fact that Ryan stepped down as you know as a sign of that. Um it reflects that. I don't want to it's not about like Oh what does this mean for Ds versus Rs although obviously I want more democrats to win it's just a sign of how like how chaotic it all is and that's
0: really really disturbing it's hard to pause and th- and think about it for for even a moment I was I I was on CNN this morning and you know they had told me last night the topic would probably be Syria maybe some stuff with Department of Justice and then of course this news breaks this morning I still end up talking about um Rod uh, Rosenstein. Steen. No, I always get it wrong because it's the opposite of Diane Feinstein. So he's Steen. It's mm-hmm. whatever the opposite is of Diane. Feinstein. Sorry. Anyhow, I think I actually screwed it up on CNN, which is fantastic. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, we're going to walk out of the studio and shortly there will be some other news story. But that has not meant that the polls wobble. Yeah, the, the news feels chaotic, but the polls have stayed pretty stable.
1: Right. And there's so much that it's no surprise that some things like the, the, you know, all the things about Scott Pruitt, which are pretty egregious, right? But it's not surprised to me that that's not totally breaking through. And how is it even going to break through now? I mean, this is, um you know, this is from uh, Huffington Post, YouGov. And if you, you mean Democrats who are particularly engaged, you have fewer than a third. I mean, more closer to a quarter say they've heard a lot about what's been going on with Pruitt. So it's not totally breaking through, or at least all the different storylines.
0: Yeah, and very few, you know, there's even less than half of Democrats say Pruitt has done something wrong and it reflects badly on President Trump that, you know, for the most part, people just don't really even know what's going on. And this is one of those things where... I think the behavior is like patently gross. Like I, I said on television, I, I think that Trump needs to find someone else to take this job that can implement his agenda, that he's only been protected because he has put points on the board from a regulatory perspective for the Trump administration, um, but sh- but like surely if you ran for office on the pledge that you're going to drain the swamp and you have someone who there are all of these reports of this behavior that is just kind of some of the most like skin-crawlingly like gross swampy stuff, the use of taxpayer dollars for all these luxury things. Right. And I'm going to use a government car and I'm going to turn on the siren, which should be used for emergencies because I want to get to my fancy dinner. Like that's just gross. That's the, that is exactly the kind of stuff that – Voters thought they were going to be getting rid of when they voted for Trump. So he should say, we're going to find someone else who can implement my agenda but also have the personal character to not do this stuff. Um, But but the idea of like getting outraged because someone used a siren – to get to dinner at Le Diplomat, like that makes my skin crawl, but that's probably priority 700 on the right. list of most voters. Right. I mean, it, but here's the thing, right? I mean, I think there are Republicans who, who
1: thought or maybe still think, like, uh, you know, I'm just going to hold my nose and put up with some of this stuff because at least I can get X, Y, and Z done. But the, but in fact, the opposite is likely going to happen, which is because of all of these, you know, e- egregious Missteps and all of it, right? That it's going to be even harder in the long view because you're going to have such a counter reaction on the left, which we should move to now, that will, that, it, you know, it puts in jeopardy whatever the Republican agenda, whatever support for the Republican agenda there may have been is now getting obliterated by, you know, chaos.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just generally in this YouGov poll, they asked, thinking about the White House under President Trump, would you say there have been more scandals than under past presidents, fewer scandals, or about as many scandals? Uh, For Democrats, it's almost 70 percent saying this has been a more scandalous administration. For independents, though, that's only about a third. Um, You actually have about 15 percent who say fewer scandals than under past presidents, which is kind of a surprising finding. Um, about a quarter who say about as many as Fender past president, so a plurality say more than usual, but that plurality is only only a third right yeah, I you know I think a
1: couple things I mean when I think people like you know, see corruption and scandals everywhere, right? They're like, this is, you know, politicians, they're all corrupt. There's, all, you know, yes, maybe if pressed, I could find some people who are worse than another, you know, worse than the other side. Obviously, right now, the, the advantage is Democrats on this, but it doesn't mean that people think that one side is good and one side is bad, you know, t- t- overall. Overall, people feel that there's corruption in a lot of places. I think that's what the, these numbers suggest. And also, I think, and we can't really tell from this thing, I, I do think that There's probably for some of these polls, depending on how they classify party ID or ask it, you may have people who were Republican or Republican-leaning at at one point, too. I mean, all independents are not the same. Some of them are independent-leaning tees. Some of them are kind of low-information, pure independents. Some of them are Republicans who maybe feel like they're leaving the party a little bit.
0: So when we take a look then at, you know, you've got all these scandals and things, but it hasn't really affected Trump's job approval. Uh, I, there is, however, a lot of evidence that even if voters haven't left Trump as much, that the voters who don't like Trump and never liked Trump are not going to stay home in November. Right. And you know, this is something that if you look at turnout numbers from elections that have happened over the last year, you see a clear pattern. We at Echelon did an analysis of all of the precincts in Virginia and how much turnout in the gubernatorial race dropped from, you know, turnout in that same precinct in 2016. And the turnout drops were the greatest in the reddest precincts and the turnout drops were the smallest in the bluest precincts. Mm -hmm. And especially if you factored college education into the mix, it was college-educated blue precincts where there was almost no drop-off or very Mm -hmm. little drop-off, suggesting Folks are fired up and ready to turn out, which is going to be Republicans have to get their base excited because it, make, it it seems hard for me to conceive of a way that they will win huge numbers of independents, that independents may just say, a play, go both your houses and stay home. Right. Um, but we are definitely losing at the moment on this enthusiasm gap, uh, according to a lot of data points that I've seen.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about... Um, the Pew data, I guess, from a week or two ago, that showed that Democrats are becoming disproportionately higher, uh, more college educated, more more female. There's some new polling, and it all kind of points to the same thing: more enthusiasm or more, uh, vote likelihood among, um, among folks with a, a white voters with a college degree. That's according to Reuters. There's also the new Harvard IOP poll, which shows a real jump in <laughs> likelihood of young people voting. And that almost all comes from Democrats. They say …
0: Oh, yeah. It's typically when they ask this question, how excited are you to vote or interested are you in voting? You know, you wind up with 30-ish to 40 percent, that's the scientific number, 30-ish to 40 yes. percent of young people saying … Plus or saying, minus a couple-ish. Plus or minus a, a few-ish, uh, saying that they think they're going to vote. And In past years, there hasn't been a huge enthusiasm gap between young Republicans and young Democrats. And This year, there is a huge gap where you have 51 percent of young Democrats saying they're excited to vote. So it's happening. Yeah. I don't need to belabor the point. I've talked about this a bajillion times on the podcast. I mean,
1: here's sort of like the nerdy pollster thing, which is, you know, what do you make with the question about enthusiasm? Does it actually predict voting? You know, if you vote and you're not enthusiastic, but you're actually voting, it doesn't sound any different than if you are enthusiastic. Is it a good predictor or not of voting behavior? Is that going to be different this year than past years? These are questions that people are sort of debating on the sidelines. And I know various folks have different answers on them. But at least as far as comparing apples to apples from the IOP poll, that shows a real jump. And where the jump is coming from, it's obviously consistent with everything else. So whether that means that there'll be actually a surge in young people voting is obviously TBD, but certainly we have evidence to suggest that there will be. Um, And it is consistent too with the enthusiasm and interest in voting and volunteering from a uh, Washington Post, Kaiser Family Foundation poll that came out last weekend, um, where they talked to people who they survey, asked people if they had gone to a protest or rally, 20% said they had in the last two years. I mean, that's pretty high. And those folks are going to be disproportionately um Democrats who disapprove of Trump, but not exclusively. I mean, we should just make it clear. I mean, 30 percent of people who said they've been to a rally say they approve of Trump. So there's other there are other things going on. We're just developing, you know, there seems to be a kind of rally protest culture that's come up um, because a fifth is a lot, even if that's inflated a little bit. Um And the issues that these folks care about are the issues typically since they, this group skews left progressive issues, whether it's women's rights or the environment, immigration, and so on. Um, and then the number that I found particularly interesting is that a third of folks who say they've been to a rally say they plan to volunteer or work for a party or a campaign in the 2018 elections. Now, again, that's, you know, there's a inflated self-report there, you know, like, sure, there's that's not... That's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to say yes in a survey than actually get in your car, or sure. get on the bus and go volunteer and spend a couple hours and so on. But it is nonetheless, I think, a sign of the excitement that's out there on the left that, you know, that is just going to be very hard to match uh, from the right right now. I mean, it's just going to be very difficult to match. This is happening organically. It's not like this is, you know, there was some um, program and someone pressed a button and activated this. This is really just happening on its own.
0: Yeah, and this is – even if you take a look at these numbers about who plans to volunteer or work for a party or campaign, the the non-rally-goer numbers, it's pretty even between Republicans and Democrats. Four percent, say, of Democrats who didn't go to a rally say, yeah, I'm going to volunteer on a campaign. Three percent of Republicans say the same. But when you look at those who went to a rally, the spike amongst Democrats is huge compared to the spike amongst Republicans. So even if you assume – that a big chunk of those people, it's just social desirability bias. They're just giving what they think is the right, socially correct, civic engagement answer. That still doesn't account for the massive gap that's mm-hmm. there.
1: Yep. Yep. So, um, so go, go find those people. If you are working on a campaign, go find those folks. Um, so should we talk about the Pew multi-generational? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, So now we're back. So so this is now a little less political and just a good kind of interesting exploration or tracking of, of people's different living situations or household composition. This is from Pew about multi-generational households and which they define as a household that includes at least two adult generations or grandparents and grandchildren younger than 25. So if you are living with your grandparents or grandparents taking care of a kid, that's a multi-generational household. If you are someone who is taking care of it or living with an elderly parent, or maybe you're young, still living at home, but you're in your 30s and you're living with your parents, those would be multi-generational households. And the number of people, the percentage of the population that lives in that kind of household is at a new high aside from 1950. So it was 21% in 1950. Then it went down into the low teens, and now it's at 20%. So it is like a U, Mm -hmm. a U curve from 1950 till now, which I found fascinating, especially since I am in a multi-generational household myself, since I have kids and I have my elderly father. Um, So the real, this is probably not a surprise, but there's a real difference across racial and ethnic lines and who is likely to live in a multi-generational household um, with white Americans being the least likely, but even across all these different groups, though, there's been a jump from 2009 and 2016. So there's no there's no group that hasn't seen some sort of jump. I guess other other race or ethnicity hasn't seen as much, but that's probably a small. But the
0: group. real jump looks like it begins around the time of the financial crisis, mm-hmm. and you had a mm-hmm. whole bunch of kids moving back in with mom and dad because the economy was bad, and you needed to cut costs, and so instead of you know, moving away to go to college or instead of moving to the big city to take a job, you lived with mom and dad for a couple of years. We – back then, I, I worked – I did some work for a super PAC called Crossroads Generation, and we did a whole ad around this concept Um, around – you know, the ad was like a time-lapse photo of a kid's bedroom, and it shows – you know, it starts off as a little kid with you know it's and then a toddler's room, and then the, you know you get the little baseball trophies and stuff. And eventually the kid like puts an Obama poster up on the wall. and then the room sits dark for four years while presumably the kid is at college. And at the end of the ad, you know, the kid comes back to the room and is obviously, like, moving back in after college and takes the Obama poster down. And and we thought, like, oh, will this be an ad that young people – that resonates with young people? That's a so Paul Ryan, like, w- oh, w- with the – with, like, the – whatchamacallit. Paul Ryan with, with the, the – dumbbell. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> you know, what, what was also then funny <laughs> was we we made the ad – I think we had made it in, like, May or June or something – and then, you know, had it in the can where we were going to roll it out like on digital closer to Election Day. And at the convention, Paul Ryan is giving his vice presidential speech. And he talks about like those kids with the faded Obama poster on the wall. And I look at Derek who had been the executive – he good. was the executive director And I was like, we've got to drop the ad. Oh, my gosh. Like we have to drop the ad right now. We were going to wait. And then we had reporters calling us. They were like – did you coordinate with the vice president or the the vice presidential nominee? No, we're just and I was like, we didn't. No, <laughs> please don't send me to jail. We, were, we couldn't. We There's had to be a raid in the right cage. now. They, the, like, the
1: White padded I room. I <laughs>
0: guarantee you, none of those people care that we
1: exist. Much less know like. But these no, the no, same no. people who did the like say yes to the dress. But it was Rick Scott. Was that the same group? Uh, no, no, that was the College Republican <laughs> okay. National Committee.
0: Um, no, but but so. What we found when we put the ad up was that it was – the most traffic was not coming from young people. It was coming from, like, people at, like, 55. Nice. Because it – in, and in a lot of polls, kids were not actually that upset about having to move back in with mom and dad. Like, it was kind of a sweet game. <laughs> yeah. It was mom and dad who were like – why don't you go get a job? Yes. Why are you still living in my house? Yes. So I believe
1: that because that's what I hear in focus groups and focus groups. I'm sure you've heard this, too, where you're like, OK, who or what lives in your home? And there's always someone like, huh, so my kid still lives with me. I mean, I love them, but they're back home and that's fine. You know? <laughs> yep. So I hear a lot more of that than than any other sort of combination of them. Um but you can see, I mean, according to the Pew thing, which was really interesting, as they track the ages of folks in the multi-generational households to see is this younger people at home or is this seniors living with someone younger? Um but there's been an increase across different age groups, but um so but the but the but younger folks are most likely to live in a multi-generational household. So that is still likely younger people in the 25 to 29 back bracket living with their parents. Um, but there's been an uptick with folks 85 plus living in a multi-generational household too, you know, it's a sort of a looming elder care crisis yeah. as our demographic composition changes. That's not today's crisis. There are a lot more like things on fire right this minute than that. But that is, you know, maybe not for – maybe for me it's the different – you know, it is maybe more of a looming crisis. But for America, it's probably a little bit If you're away. trying to
0: decide what you want to do with your life and you're looking to enter a growing field, like yeah, yeah elder care, that's it. There's, yes. there's going to be a lot jobs you can't of outsource. demand for those jobs.
1: Yeah, you can't outsource unless we get one of those – start bringing those robots, elder care robots that they have in Japan. Have you seen that?
0: I have not, but
1: I don't doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> I like, don't doubt that it's a thing. It's like standing desk, elder care robot, <laughs> they, they both sound like really, really appealing. Um, okay, so um,
0: some more voting on folks. we get we got some some pop culture pop culture polling. We so just f- need a break, you know. First is a an attempt driving a wedge between two phenomenal women. Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson, two of the most iconic winners of American Idol. Certainly more people think about Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson than –
1: Justin Guarini.
0: Well, but he didn't win. He came in second. So the season I watched the most closely, Taylor Hicks Mm. was the winner. Do you Mm -hmm. remember Taylor Hicks? Yes. What about Jennifer Hudson? Good point. Did wait? She did, didn't win. She didn't win, so that's why she's not included in this poll, even though she has an Oscar. So that kind of trumps everything. Yeah. She's she's the closest to an egot. Because yeah. I assume she has a Grammy too. I don't know. I gotta assume she has a Grammy. are now
1: at the outer limits of the universe of, of my, my pop culture n- of my American Idol knowledge. So yeah. there was
0: a there was a poll, uh, a, an internet poll, uh, trying to find out who people thought was the most iconic American Idol winner and both Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson tweeted at each other i totally voted for you i voted for the other person so this is it's kind of the opposite of politics in a way they have to be they have to be role models even in their like twitter feuds but then who is your favorite spice girl so this is yougov asking this is this is british a british yeah poll, right? I wonder if the results would be different in the U.S. Friends at YouGov U.S., if you're listening to this, please do this survey in the U.S. I, I want to see if the results th- are yeah, different. Yeah,
1: I think it'd just be like Posh and and what and a bunch of question marks, Oh, right? Posh
0: is totally underrated on this. So who's your favorite Spice Girl? Baby Spice wins 37 percent, followed by Sporty. Did not see that one coming. Sporty Spice it. at 23 percent. I mean, I would
1: not know Sporty Spice if she walked in
0: here right now. Oh, but th- I mean they're all great, but I-, I would I would recognize her, but I'm just surprised that she's second. Ginger Spice, 19% in third place. I might have picked I'm between Ginger and Posh. Those were the two that I always identified with the most as a middle schooler. <laughs> Which whatever that means I <laughs> Posh comes in fourth at 12% scary spice comes in last at 9 points
1: Yeah and I I mean an interesting I mean the thing that was interesting about this is that they dug really deep in the Spice Girl views so it's not just who is your favorite I guess they're kind of rebooting so that's the reason for this I mean I guess they like you do even need a reason but I think that's the reason but people whose favorite spice is scary spice are more likely to believe in gender equality and call themselves a feminist.
0: Yeah. So I kind of – I was fascinated by the structure of this question. So it gives people three options. Either A, you don't believe in gender equality, which less than 10 percent of people give that response for all – any given Spice Girl that is your favorite.
1: <laughs> You've made it Look to this part <laughs> of the survey. They're like, you probably uh, are vaguely interested in gender equality. <laughs>
0: may, maybe. Maybe? Maybe. Uh, then do you believe in gender equality but you would not describe yourself as a feminist? And that's a majority of respondents for all, each each of the Spice Girl fan bases. Seventy percent of Baby Spice fans say, I believe in gender equality but I would not describe myself as a feminist, and then 15 percent say I believe in gender equality and I would describe myself as a feminist. Is, is just the word feminist in the UK like a real, a real no-no? I mean I've done polling here in the US where for young women it's it's lower, but it's it's not like 20 percent. I don't know. I think – I don't know. The answer. In, in the I just U.S., be I've seen this gap up. between I believe in gender equality and I consider myself a feminist. Like it exists, but it looks really dramatic here in a way that I just was not expecting. I don't
1: know. And then, and then they have these other things. Like my friendship group is a really important part of my life. Posh Spice fans are more likely to agree with that, but there's not a lot of difference by Spice. <laughs>
0: Uh, Where there is a fairly sizable difference is on percent agreeing with each statement, I keep up to date with current fashion trends and I spend a lot on clothes. If you are a Posh Spice fangirl, you are significantly more likely to say you keep up to date with current fashion trends and you spend a lot on clothes. falls off pretty significantly with the – Lowest response to yes, saying yes to those things among sporty Spice fans.
1: Well, I mean, here, the, here's sort of the underlying thing, too, is that Ginger Spice fans are predominantly male and Posh Spice fans are predominantly female. I don't that that know. makes 100 percent sense.
0: <laughs> that 100 percent makes sense to me.
1: <laughs> Baby Spice fans are also predominantly male. I, I don't even want to start. I don't even have – I think Rich is going to kick us out before I can dig deep into Baby Spice fans <laughs> being predominantly male. That's like its own its own show. Pos- <laughs> posh Spice
0: fans, by the way, are the most posh in terms of, of socioeconomic yes. status, according to this poll. Yes. Um. So I, I, I'm i trying to decide which one – oh, but fans of Sporty Spice are not actually any more sporty than fans of the other Spice I Girls. <laughs> I know. Are you – oh, gosh. I – I, I love the Brits. These are these are the answer options. Um would you say you are sports mad, <laughs> follow sports closely, occasionally follow sports or little or no interest. Sports mad, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Sports mad. Uh, sports mad means something a little bit different here in the U.S. It means <laughs> you're, you're sports like... <laughs> mad. <laughs> means like, you're
1: like yelling at like a children's soccer game at the sidelines like that. That <laughs> makes you sports, sports mad.
0: mad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I will confess. I think if I had to pick one, I might pick Posh Spice, if only because. Victoria Beckham dresses are I mean, my like. On. If I had a gajillion dollars, that's just it's what just I'd wear. Have all day.
1: had enough? Like, I feel like she's don't, don't haven't we all had enough posh like, no, in life? Like, we
0: haven't. How much more? I dabbled in veganism for like three weeks because she picked up a diet book about veganism in an airport. Margie, hmm. I am susceptible to being influenced. My Spice Girls. All right. Well, we're going to have to eat take this survey. For right. three weeks. <laughs> we're going to have to
1: take this survey and then report back <laughs> for folks who are interested. Okay. So, our key findings even Republican voters think Trump shouldn't fire Mueller. When are Republican members going to take a cue from their voters, have a clear stance on what is happening? One potential winner in this week of crazy news, Scott Pruitt, maybe, I have to say. I'm sad to say. For everyone with a generic ballot, is narrowing take. Republicans are going to turn around, et cetera. You can redeem yourself this week as the retirements start to flow in. And if you're feeling a little lacking in role models, may I suggest looking abroad to David Attenborough. I used to say David Attenborough, but I've been corrected many times at home. Or J.K. Rowling.
0: I'd even settle for some Spice Girls at this point. You can find us on Twitter at, at @thepolsters individually at AtMargieOmero and at K. Anderson at www.ThePolsters.com or on Facebook, where throughout the week we will post links to the stories we're excited to get your reaction to. Thanks. Bye.